It's time for Making It Personal, a personalized SC podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Carrie Fersner, and we are here with the Making It Personal podcast. I am joined today by some very special ladies. They are um, April Henry and Britt Collins. And so I'm going to take some time and allow them to kind of introduce themselves to you all and tell a little bit about their work. Hi, I'm April Henry. I have I'm a teacher at River Bluff High School. I teach ELA and I have been here for seven years. Um, this is my 10th or 11th year teaching. I'm not really sure. Um, but the journey for looking at equity and personalized learning and really got into it this past year. I am Britt Collins. I uh, was an English language arts teacher for 16 years. I have been an instructional coach for the past two at River Bluff High School. And um, I, I also, this has definitely been a year of digging into equitable practice in classrooms. And it's also been a year I was able to see the competencies and some of that work in action last year. Um, but this year has been fascinating as we've really started to try and use it in our classes uh, in a more mainstream way. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Let's go ahead and jump into the conversation a little bit. My first question that I have for you all is tell me a little bit about your journeys with the profile of the South Carolina graduate competencies. And also for those who are listening in our audience, we've been in this mini series around the competencies. So if you haven't had a chance to find out what the competencies are, I encourage you to go back a couple episodes and you'll be able to get the full picture. But if you ladies could tell me a little bit about your journey with the competencies, how'd you get started? How'd you get exposed or your first thoughts, anything around that? Okay. So I actually started about three years ago. I think um, I worked with an instructional coach. Um, and I think like that's one thing that like I'm very excited that Britt is here with me today because it's really like the partnership and like just having someone to talk to. So prior, um, like our previous instructional coach invited me to this event that talked about the competencies. And so I learned a little bit about it and then kind of, you know, um, we, I think that instructional coach left. And so then I, you know, wasn't really working with them. And then when Britt was in the role, I think last year, um, you know, she brought this idea to me about teaching an English uh, reading prep lab, which was to prepare ninth graders for, um, you know, high school that maybe saw some gaps and we wanted to use the competencies in the classroom. And that's really, you know, I just kind of dove in over the summer, started learning a lot about it. And you know, just really started to incorporate it into my other um, classes and also kind of spread the word with other teachers. So for me, I, I went to an event at River Bluff, I think two or three summers ago, that was per the, the Office of Personalized Learning um, had, a, had a workshop and we talked about the competencies there, but I had not ever really seen them in action. Um, and then last year I had the opportunity to work with 
Kristen and the Office of Personalized Learning and Redesign, Melissa Slater from Redesign, with an existing algebra prep lab that our previous instructional coach had kind of worked to get implemented here. And they were just starting to use them. Um, and I immediately became fascinated, the idea of really using that as a way to work towards mastery-based learning, but it also really leveraged the idea of students being able to self-assess where they are, engage their own growth, which made things to me so much, it just, it really just opened up how we should be structuring education across the board. Um, and so when we made the decision then, because at that point I knew April was going to be teaching the English language arts prep lab that we had. And we had another teacher, um, teaching it as well. When we made the decision to use the competencies as part of it, um, I have to really brag on her. April is so fearless in her use of them. And that to me has been the coolest part of that is that she has such a broad view and a broad vision of how to use them and incorporate them into all kinds of classes. And so I largely credit River Bluff's adoption of them to her because she just this fearless pursuit of using them in all kinds of classes. So she's really taken that leap from seeing how they could be used in prep lab to branching out and using them in all other content areas. So before we kind of get into the specifics of how you go about using the competencies, I did want to ask, what connections do you see between the competencies and achieving educational equity? Obviously, right now, um, with the pandemic happening, we see a big shining light on all the inequities that have already existed in our state in terms of education. How do you think the competencies can chip away at that um, and help towards a more equitable system for students? Um, so for me, again, the competencies came at the right time because I definitely was having a turning point as an educator when I came back to school this year. I was really questioning, you know, practices that I had seen, you know, just in general, my own practices, you know, where have I been unfair to students as far as, you know, grading them and, I think for me, the competencies really let me see all of my students and see what they're capable of, looking at them through a non-deficit lens, um, really looking at, you know, these kids come to me with skills. They might not be the skills on the level that I'm teaching, but they, just because they're not where they are supposed to be, you know, I don't want them to feel defeated and I want them to be encouraged and to like talk about how they have grown in my classroom not you know gosh why well, didn't it like hit her mark like that's not fair you know what what my mark is versus what their mark is what they're truly capable of so once i started thinking about that and thinking about how the students um you know i just have students of all different levels all different backgrounds that are coming to me you know in just very different places it made sense to use the competencies because they can start on you know the level that best suits them and they don't have to worry about you know oh my gosh I you know didn't make an A on this assignment they made an A for them and I think that just really opened up my eyes to like every student can be successful. Yeah I think that's that's so good and um, I guess to piggyback on that tell me specifically how you've used the competency so if I'm a student in your class how might I um, engage with the competencies and how might that impact learning for me? 
Um, so in um, so we'll use another class that I teach, multimedia publications, for instance. It's really about getting to know the rubric and to talk about the skills that I'm trying to uh, evaluate them on. So it starts with a self-assessment, you know, like where do you see yourself on this rubric? Um, and, you know, we'll talk about like, what does this mean? As they move through the case study, I have them provide evidence to show like how they've grown or what, you know, if they feel like they're on a level three, I'm like, you know, can you provide that level three evidence for me? Um, so we do a lot of self-assessment, so they get really familiar with the rubric. We also do um, peer assessment. So I'll give the same rubric to their peers, and the peers will say, well, you're actually at a level four because I think that you did this, this, and this. Um, and then we'll do like another self-assessment, and you know, I'll assess them as well. So I think just exposing them to the rubric, going over like, what does this mean, and what does this look like? Um, those are, you know, I think the ways that I have try to incorporate them into my classroom. And as far as like timing and structure of like taking the time to like self-assess and reflect and figure out like where a student is on or for them to figure out where they are on that continuum, how do you kind of go about structuring that? Is that like a weekly thing? Is it like every quarter? Um, how often do they kind of come in contact with that as a means of like reflection and calibrating where they are? So we're on a block schedule um, due to the pandemic right now. So I only have them for a semester. Mm -hmm. So they don't come in contact with them as frequently as if they were in a year long class. So um, I really um, in multimedia where we're, you know, we're doing things like creating posters or creating promotional materials. Um, I use the expressing ideas continuum a lot. So they are very familiar with that particular one. Um, and so by the end of the semester, you know, they know kind of exactly what I'm looking for. So I think, you know, we had maybe six summatives or four case studies. And so they see it for each summative that we do. And it could be like three weeks, four weeks, however, you know, how long it takes. That's really cool. So instead of creating, well, you have your criteria for your um, your assignments, but to couple with that, you use the competencies as kind of like a guide for the skills piece of that. That's really cool. Now, knowing that the, the like, for example, that um, expressing ideas competency has several skills, maybe four or five or six skills. Do you have them to look at all the skills at one time or do you just pinpoint a specific skill based on what it is that you're asking them to do? Definitely not all the skills at one time. Um, I work, again, very closely with Britt and then also with um, Melissa Slater at Redesign. She helps me out. Like They both help me out so much with creating, um, you know, my own rubrics based on the competencies. And so sometimes it's like, okay, so what do I need? Like, what's the main focus for this one? Um, you know, if we need to determine the audience, which, um, you know, strand is going to get me there. So sometimes it's, you know, bits and pieces. And sometimes we, you know, change the wording a little bit. But try not to give them the whole thing at one time. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Now, how have the students responded to that? Um, I think maybe it would be safe to say that some of them may have been coming to you with this being their first time being exposed to the competencies or looking at this through the view of, I'm not just trying to get an A, but I'm actually trying to master something and I need to demonstrate mastery through evidence. How have your students kind of responded to that? Um, maybe at the beginning versus where they are with it now? 
I think at the beginning, they definitely thought it was a little bit strange to like, you're going to ask me to rate myself and like just trying to figure out like some of that wording because sometimes they don't really engage with a rubric um, until the assignments do mm-hmm. or to like, you know, the teacher will provide the criteria for them. But I was like, hey, no, you you tell me where you're at right now. So I think it was a little bit strange. Um, but once they started looking at the, the language and saying like, you know what, I can actually do this. I, I've done this before. Um, I didn't realize that this is what was like causing me to get the A or to get the grade that I was getting, or this is co- what is causing me to not get the grade that I want. Um, I think they really enjoyed it. Like they enjoyed knowing exactly why they were getting a certain grade. How do you feel like using the competencies in your different contexts are helping students to achieve that profile of the South Carolina graduate that all students in the state that we that we hope that they will walk away from their high school experience with? I just think the competencies, like they're so easy to um, use in all content areas, but not just in all content areas, but like all areas of life. So I tell them like, hey, like if you're expressing ideas in this paper, you also need to be able to express your ideas when you are talking to your parents or talking to like going for a job interview. So just really trying to make them relatable and make it, you know, them have the real world value that we we want them to have. I think too, being able to measure growth in all aspects and that one of the main reasons I like the competency so much is because until I really sat down and dug into them, I realized that I had been determining the amount of growth that my students needed and it was not their growth. And so it really was an epiphany for me when we really kind of started to craft concepts around students determining their own level of growth and celebrating mm-hmm. that growth. And so I, to me, it's about celebrating any and all growth in all aspects of an assignment. And one of the ways that I think we've been most successful using them is that with, you know, we're, we're very, with learning targets here, a lot of times the competencies provide the criteria for the learning targets. So it allows the students to truly understand what it is that we're trying to get them to master. So it also provides a sense of clarity for a lot of what our standards are, for a lot of what it is that we want them to accomplish, to work towards that mastery. Absolutely. And and what you said just now made me think of conversations that I've had around how the way we've done education hasn't always been as transparent for students. It's just, you know, this is the assignment, do it, turn it in, get a grade, we're on to the next. Whether or not you've mastered it, whether or not, you know, you've grown it all. And then in turn, the focus for students has been about getting the grade and not about learning. So I like what you said about how, you know, using the competencies brings that transparency back so that students are in charge of not only, you know, doing an assignment, but before that, identifying where they are on their learning journey and probably like what they need to do in order to get to the next level or in order to accomplish the goal that they've set for themselves. So I think that's awesome. So my next question is for both of you guys, um, how are you intentionally scaling and spreading this work um, in your school or throughout your district? (laughs) Okay, so again, (laughs) this year was a very difficult year for a lot of different reasons. Um, And so I think I'm someone who 
you know, I tried to really fly under the radar for a long time. But this year I was just like, you know, I have to speak up. I have to say something. I have to do something. So um, I started a group with a another teacher here, uh, Ben Lee. Um, he came up to me one day and was like, you know, hey, I really want to do something for the minoritized teachers in our district. So we started this group called Coalition of Diverse Educators. And that is a district-wide group. Mm -hmm. And um, through that group, you know, I have promoted the competencies. We have our own learning management page where I like, you know, when I attend the personalized learning webinars, I put information on there. So just trying to let teachers in the district know that, hey, this is out there for you. Um, trying to get teachers at other schools to use them and to be a part of this kind of, um, you know, hopefully growing network. Uh, we also have a group at our school mm -hmm. called uh, Disrupting an Equity Action Team that started based off of a, a book club. Um, we read Stamp from the Beginning. Mm -hmm. And from there, we you know found a kind of a coalition of teachers who really were interested in like promoting equity. And in that group, we have teachers from all content areas and we talk about the competencies. And I'm very happy to say that at this school, I think we have competencies in all areas, mm -hmm. but physical education and special education. Ooh. We just haven't gotten to talk to those teachers yet. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, y'all are rocking and rolling over there. That is so exciting. So how how do you feel like um I guess members of those two different groups have responded to, you know, your sharing of the competencies? I will say I do think having someone who is so well-versed in them and someone who is so confident in them and someone being able to use April as a resource has also been a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. um, because not only is she talking about them, she uses them in her classroom. So she provides examples of what it can look like. And so I, I will say 99% of the time, if a teacher comes to one of us and says, I'm interested in doing it, mm -hmm. we are able to help them figure out how and help them even create materials to use, um, which in turn has been good for us because it's helped us create some resources that we can use in our own classrooms, but that also we have to build to help other people become more comfortable with using them or use themselves in their own content areas. That definitely makes sense. And that is so awesome that you guys are there as advocates and as resources for, for the other teachers that you serve with. So that's awesome. Um, I guess the next question that I have is, how are you all able to celebrate the work that you've been engaged with so far along your journey? Understanding that, you know, where you are is where you are and, you know, you'll go farther, even farther next year. But how are you all able to celebrate the work that you've um, accomplished so far this year with competencies? Yeah. So I think for like just with my students, I'm able to like look back and say, wow, I'm getting better results than I did in the past. Um, I see students who, you know, I've talked to them now about like asking me specific questions about the competencies. So if I'm giving you feedback, you can say, hey, Ms. Henry, can you check this? Did I do this? Um, and they know like it's, it's now like it was just a really good feeling today when I could come into class and the kids were working and they knew exactly what questions to ask to get them in the right place. So I give them feedback. Like, okay, I got this because I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. um, so that is just a huge celebration. And again, next year when you know hopefully we're back to year long and 
Um, I'll have more time with the kids. I'll have, you know, this summer to kind of prepare my, my case studies. Um, sometimes I actually forget to celebrate. Um, but, you know, when I think about the teachers in the building that are using the competencies and, you know, knowing that I've had like a small part in that, um, that is definitely something to, to celebrate. You know, I, for a while, like I walk around with my competency notebook and if a teacher said something like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, I'm like, hey, I have this thing that you might want to use. And so I would just walk around and like say, you know what, expressing ideas or reading critically, like that's what you need to do right now. So um, I think that's a celebration. And then just seeing how, um, just as a professional, how the competencies, like using them just makes sense. And it's just, it made things so much easier. In my multimedia class, I really did not like the rubrics that I was using at all. And so these rubrics, like, it's, it's just, it's given, it's taken some of that workload off of me I'm trying to figure out like, well, what do I want the kids to know? The competencies literally say, this is what they need to know. <laughs> so it's awesome. It's, yeah. What about you, Britt? Any thoughts? Um, I think... We probably do need to celebrate more. (laughs) I I agree. So I feel like their celebration too in some of the products that our kids have created as a result of that, um, the multimedia posters that she's talking about were unbelievable. Um, And we ended up hanging them up um, all around the school, which was fantastic. Um, We also use sustaining wellness, reading critically and learning independently as part of our ELA prep lab. And we're still in contact with those students. We, the structure of our school this year, instead of being year long, we were the semester. So our students had prep lab first semester, and then they have their English class this semester. And so we've stayed in contact with them and just I I guess I chalk it up as a success that we are still able to reach out to them and offer help and kind of, because we dug into who they are, who they are as readers, who they are as students, who they are as teenagers. Um, Gosh, we've been through relationships at this point with them. (laughs) Um, That we, that part of, I credit a lot of the competencies with the relationships that we've been able to build with them, that they still come to us and they still think of us as adults in the building who want them to succeed and want them to have a successful year as a high school freshman and move into their sophomore year ready to tackle what's coming. We use the sustaining wellness one um, in our prep lab. And so we talked a lot about identity Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we got to know our students mm-hmm. so well, because like I know everything about this. <laughs> they kept providing me evidence with like, no, I'm a level four because I know how my identity like um, intersects and impact. Like, you wow. know, we talk so much about identity. So I really, really feel like I know these kids very well. Mm, that's so awesome. I'll leave on this note um, before we jump into the next segment. For any educator who's listening to this episode and who's saying, you know what, I might take a chance on the competencies. I might try them out, but I just don't know where to start. Do you have any advice? I think, especially this past year when a lot of us were virtual, you know, learning independently was just such a great one for anyone in a virtual environment, but it actually works, you know, just if you are face-to-face. So if you're not really sure how it applies to your content area yet, try one of those, like the uh, about you know setting goals 
every student needs that. So you can go ahead and say like, look, I'm, I'm just gonna try this and you know, you will, you have to do it yourself too. Like you have to try it yourself and see, you know, where you feel like you fall on that continuum. But I would say, you know, just probably start with one. And then as you see your students um, managing that one or getting that um, strand, then go to the next one, like try another one and just keep trying it. And your students will get the hang of it. You'll get the hang of it. And so eventually it will be like second nature. Just to bounce off of that, um, our yearbook advisor came to me about three weeks ago and said she needed another grade. <laughs> this is, she needed another grade in her grade book. Um, and she was like, I, all that I really have left because we've produced a book at this point is distribution of the yearbook. And they'd only really have to do anything except follow my directions. And so we pulled the learning independently and the goal setting for what they want to accomplish. And we've gone through it. And that's what she's using to kind of assess them. But more than anything, she's like, it's actually guiding them. It's guiding the entire process. Mm. So it ended up being something that's purposeful. You know, one of those things that I don't know if she was necessarily intent on using it, but it's, it's going to be purposeful and she'll use it in the future. So there really is, even in those subject areas where you think this will never work or I can never make this work or that's not applicable to me. That's to me, the beauty of it is that they're, they're applicable in every single place in this school. Mm. Wow, that's so powerful. Thank you guys so much for sharing that. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Join us on June 15th for a virtual professional development event. SC Pivicon is designed for South Carolina educators who want to gain professional development through the South Carolina Office of School Transformation. Learn about using the latest tools to drive innovation, personalized learning, leading beyond COVID-19, and making the most of digital tools. Register today and gain knowledge as people share their stories and learning from the past year listen and learn from peers and experts, including student panels, and connect with peers on how they're supporting students and families. Click in the link in the description of this podcast episode to register. We hope to see you there. We know you enjoy the Making It Personal podcast hosted by our office. But did you know that there are other podcasts hosted by schools and districts across our state that you might enjoy as well? One of them is the Anderson 5 DIS Teams iTalks podcast. In this podcast, they host illuminating conversations that empower the learners they serve in Anderson 5. Another podcast you might enjoy is hosted by the Berkeley County School District's Office of Technology. The BCSB Innovation Squadcast discusses various topics and innovative instructional strategies in education today. Check out these podcasts and listen to the stories of educators across our state as we all work to personalize SC.
All right, everyone, we are back with April and Britt, and we are just in time for our special segment that I like to call Making It or Breaking It. So ladies, you are going to share with me and with us either a make or a break. A make being something cool that you've seen or that you have made happen in the world of personalized competency-based learning, um, or a break which could be a concern, a barrier, or something that we just need to stop in education to make room for personalized learning um, for the benefit of our students. So which will it be, make or break? I think I'm going to go with make. Okay. (laughs) Go for it. Okay. Um, So what I really enjoyed about the competencies, and again, I'm going to go back to sustaining wellness and the one about um, identity I loved the assignments that I was able to create based on the competencies. Um, just like taking the wording and then finding the, the assignment for the students, like how can you show me um, about your identity, um, the kind of like how your identity might contradict. I just, I really loved creating those assignments. So I had a lot of fun as an educator and it wasn't like something like, oh my gosh, let me find something for them to do or let me make an assignment for it. Like it just literally like, not only did it guide them but it guided me to kind of like, um, to help them. And I feel like they really enjoyed those assignments and um, they were they were just a, a joy to kind of look at. And I think again, they, um, a joy for them to create as well. So we, uh, the students weren't tortured and I wasn't tortured either. Oh, well, that's always a win-win. Give me some examples of um, some assignments that you created around the identity piece. Um, so I had them do kind of like some slideshows sometimes mm-hmm. where they would do like an about me presentation and talk about, you know, how they have changed over the years. And so I gave them a guideline, like, okay, so what did you watch as a baby? What did you eat as a baby? And then like as a toddler, as a fortified, like, and just like, they enjoy that so much talking about it, you know, like, oh, they love to talk about themselves. Yeah, like, I bet. I watch- and then someone else like, I love that show and like seeing those those connections and they really like they spent a lot of time on I these agree. little powerpoints <laughs> I was like okay and like okay Very this is the, the tv show this is the the music that I used to listen to um we also did a lot with um identity wheels and you know them trying to figure out like which part of their identity is like the biggest part so is it the fact that you're a student or that you're from South Carolina? You know, um, and we talked about stereotypes and we, you know, watched videos about stereotypes and we did role playing, like what would you say if this happened? Mm. Um, so all of those assignments, you know, we just really got to know each other. The students got to know each other. I got to know them. They got to know me because I did the assignments with them. So those are just a few of the examples. Oh, that is so cool. I mean, I'm I'm wishing over here that I could be in your class right now. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Okay, Britt, what about you? Make or break? Mine would be twofold. Okay. Um, I think break in the sense that um, as an instructional coach, a huge part of my job is literacy. And in a high school, so much of literacy falls in the English department. Um, we're an expeditionary learning school as well. And so in all of our learning expeditions, we hold a firm spot because we possess the literacy skills that are necessary to make the expedition work. One of my 
favorite things about the competencies and the make part of this is that it opens up the opportunity for reflection in all other places. And so as a result of the competencies, we have students reflecting on their progress and growth in math. Um, my daughter, I have a daughter who's a freshman here and she's an algebra one and she has to rate herself on the continuum. And then she has to reflect on why she scored herself that way as a pre-assessment and a post-assessment. And so the beauty of that to me is that not only is she writing in math, but she can also then tell me what she needs to do to work towards mastery. So I just love that we're adding in those aspects that have normally fallen on just English teachers into the other content areas. That's awesome. And that's definitely a bonus and a benefit for sure. Well, thank you ladies so much for taking time to chat with me. Um, the last thing I'll ask you is how can folks get in touch with you if they've heard something and they want to hear more from you? All right. You can reach me at ahenry at lexington1.net. And I am bcollins at lexington1.net. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again. We'll be right back to close things out. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of Making It Personal. Connect with the Office of Personalized Learning by visiting our website, personalizedsc.ed.sc.gov. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend, and tune in for a new episode every month. We'll catch you next time on Making It Personal. See ya!